When you go to the power chords, you know Broncos Blast is next with Ian St. Clair. We'll be predicting and analyzing the Pittsburgh Steelers pivotal game for the Broncos right after this. But have you been enjoying the great fall weather? Hey, guess what? NHL hockey season (laughs) starts this week. It's October. World Series is coming. It won't be long before it's colder. We set our living room uh, fire uh, place ablaze here at my house uh, when we come in from the outdoors. So today, we lift our Argonaut wine and liquor toast to the versatile, the most versatile of all drinks, sake. <laughs> Love it. Drink uh, Japan's favorite. You can drink it cold or drink it hot. Drink up, replenish your favorite liquid treasure courtesy of Argonaut Wine and Liquor, 760 East Colfax. Uh, looking to get started or refine your sake palate? Check out the video, Som Things, S-O-M-M Things, at ArgonautLiquor.com. Uh, they will take you through the varieties of sake that they sample and describe. And how about this for an enticing-sounding brand name? Takatenjin, Soul of the Sensei. Okay, all you martial arts fans, MMA fans, soul of the sensei sake. Now that sounds good, huh? Online or in person, who has the largest selection and best price selection of cold beer in Denver? Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Kick off your excitement for football without leaving your couch. Get the special offers at ArgonautLiquor.com. Conveniently order delivery, curbside, or cash register pickup. Or before you come in, shop for all the specials so you know what you're shopping for. Hey, it's been Reader's Choice and Westwood is the best liquor store in Denver for so many years. Argonaut, family-owned for over half a century. Uh, Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Argonaut has it, and they deliver 760 East Colfax. And now, on the Winners and Winers Hotline, we welcome in Ian St. Clair. Uh, Mark Knudsen and I are pleased to have Ian with us. Ian, uh, you can follow him at Ian St. Clair, read him at Mile High Report, and listen to his Mile High Report radio podcast there. Also, the lead writer for PlayColorado.com. And uh, good morning, Ian. And I've been saying since the program started, and really for months since the schedules came out, this game is the turnaround pivotal game. If you want to have a turnaround season, if you want a shot at a winning season, you have to beat a team that last year I said were pretenders, and they went 11 and 0. Made me look bad, but they eventually returned to form and to what I had predicted that this team's era was done. Uh, and last year, Ian, uh, but for a Bronco uh, quarterback injury, the Broncos might have won this game. Bye, guys. And yeah, absolutely. I And when you look at the schedule when it came out, I think one of the reasons that people didn't have this game as you had it, Michael, is because of the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they get caught up in um, those four Super Bowls in six years in the 70s, and then Big Ben with the two Super Bowls with Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin and and they, they think, oh, well, this is the Steelers, and they're going on the road and playing in Heinz Field, and they think back to last year, and Drew Locke gets hurt. Cortland Sutton gets hurt. So I, when this when the schedule came out, I don't think most Broncos fans, or basically anyone aside from Michael, had this game as a winnable game. And now, with the way Pittsburgh is, how they're dead last in the NFL in rushing yards per game, and Ben Roethlisberger... Uh, a guy who covers the Steelers joked that he not only doesn't have any guns left in the bullet, he's just throwing the gun at this point. 
So uh, this is a winnable game. I totally agree with you. If the Broncos want to be a playoff game, this is a game they have to win on Sunday. See, I, guys, I had them losing this game before the season, obviously. I had them losing this game and still making the – well, I shouldn't say make the playoffs. Still going 9-8. and eight. Um, We don't know what will make the playoffs. The Broncos, as Ian, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, they could finish last in the AFC West to make the playoffs. That's how good the AFC West is right now. So I, I don't – I just struggle with the word pivotal. It could be. It's definitely winnable. But I don't think you throw in the towel if they lose. I don't think you say, well, now they can't make the playoffs at, at three and two. I think they're still going to finish nine and eight. The question is, is nine and eight good enough to make the playoffs? I, I think with the way Pittsburgh is playing right now and the issues they have on the offensive line, and not just Ben Roethlisberger, if he even plays, if they lose to a team quarterback by Mason Rudolph, this is this is a team that's not going to make the playoffs. I, yeah. I will just say it right now. If they cannot beat a team led by Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, you are going to throw in the towel because the rest of the schedule is brutal. They have the Browns. They have the Chiefs twice. They have the Chargers twice. The Raiders twice. They have the Raiders after this week. The good news is they play at home for that game. But I, 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 I can't. They have the Cowboys. The Eagles should be a winnable game. But I, I think if you can't beat a team that's playing this bad, and if Ben Roethlisberger does play, and I don't know if he is, if they go with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, I, 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 I don't see how you can be positive and in thinking the Broncos are going to be a playoff team in this game, in a winnable game, in a game they should win, and not be able to see what's coming ahead I mean, I, I, I do think it is, a, it is a pivotal game if they want to be a playoff team because the, the rest of the schedule is just that tough, I think. Well, uh, you know, you look at, uh, at the variety of, of things here. Ben Roethlisberger was pressured only 7% of the time last week, and he still could not throw accurate passes. All right? Like you say, the 28th, I think, in offense, they can't run or pass downfield. Most of their passes... Go to the guy who should be running the ball on a regular basis, Najee Harris, their talented running back. Uh, you know, in what way do, they, do the Pittsburgh Steelers remind of the New York Jets? Now, that's heresy for us in history to ever have said that since 1969, maybe. But the Broncos' defense against that offensive line is, seems to be the key matchup in this game. What, break it down for us, Ian. Uh, uh, how will this one go, and what's your prediction? I think you mentioned it. I, I think they have to make sure that they keep ben, Big Ben or whoever the quarterback is for the Steelers tomorrow. They have to make them one-dimensional. They can't allow Najee Harris and the Steelers offense to start running the football. So make them one-dimensional. Force Ben Moffelsberger to, to show that he has no bullets left in his gun. Because, as you say, they, they didn't even put, the Packers didn't even pressure him, and he still didn't have anything left. So they have to make the Steelers one-dimensional. They cannot allow Najee Harris to go off and run the ball. I I think the good news is the Broncos have been good against the run. I think the thing that concerns me a little bit is how Lamar Jackson just shredded the secondary. And even if Ben Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have anything left, he still has the ability to hit the deep ball. So that's something to keep in mind. But I I think the – for me, defensively, it is making sure the Pittsburgh Steelers are a one-dimensional team and they do not allow Najee Harris to, to have his breakout game, so to speak, as a rookie running back. And offensively, it's just do what they've done 
when Teddy Bridgewater has been in the game. And that means stick with the running game. Whether they go with Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams, that sets up Teddy Bridgewater's play action and allows him to test the secondary of who they're playing going deep with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, uh, Noah Fant. I would like to see them utilize Javante Williams more as a receiver. I think he has that ability. I think it's uh, an element that they haven't utilized yet. But again, it's about controlling the offensive line. And as cliche as it is, when you control the lines of scrimmage, you win football games. And I think that's what the Broncos have to do on Sunday if they want to come out with a win. You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about the Steelers, but the Broncos are beat up. Boy, I mean, what, 10 guys out now that have, had, have started games this year? Uh, Cortland Sutton turns an ankle yesterday. We don't know how Bridgewater is going to come back from the concussion. This is a beat-up Broncos team going in there, and, and maybe we need to temper our expectations a little bit too based on that. You know, <clears throat> Garrett Bowles had a miserable game last week. I mean, the Broncos are, are far from hitting on all cylinders. No, I, I totally agree with you. And that's the thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers is they still have a defense and you still have to account for TJ Watt. And if Garrett Bowles plays like he did on Sunday, it's going to be a long day for whoever plays quarterback. Because I would just put TJ Watt up against Garrett Bowles. Um, so the good news is Dalton Reisner and Grant Glasgow seem they're on the verge of playing. I think that will help. How much? We'll see. I, but I think it's there for the Broncos. Despite all the injuries that they have, they have the guys who have stepped up. It's just a matter of doing your job now. And I think the big part of this is Pat Shermer putting his offense in a situation to have success. He did not do that against the Baltimore Ravens. When you have success rushing the ball and you give a quarterback who has not gotten any reps, comes off the bench cold, and they run it four times, you're expecting Drew Locke he threw it 21 times, 21 times. They ran it four times. It's not like that game was getting away from the Denver Broncos. So Pat Shermer has to be better at his job and cannot be outcoached. And that's the biggest concern I have, at least offensively, is if Pat Shermer is going to rise to the occasion or is he going to get outcoached by another coaching staff that, like Baltimore, is very sound. So that that's something to keep in mind as you watch this game, too, is the injuries, yes, but what do the coaches do to put their players in a position to have success? Well, you know, good news on the injury front. Bridgewater looks like he'll play. They have both their offensive guards back this week. Most most believe Cortland Sutton will play, that it's not a serious ankle injury. Uh, the problem is the deep ball, though, without Hamler to stretch the field. Uh, you know, you talk about Pittsburgh just drawing to the running back. Uh, the Broncos are, are challenged to get the ball down the field, get, get those safeties deep and open up the sidelines uh, for longer throws to guys like Sutton. Uh, I've got the Broncos winning by a field goal. Broncos actually favored in this game, backing up my theory that Pittsburgh has done. You got a score for us, Ian, and Mark Knutson weigh in on your prediction after that. Okay. Uh, well, really quick, I, I think most of the week the Broncos were an underdog. They were about a point underdog. So it was close to a pick but – until the Teddy Bridgewater news came out yesterday, that's when it shifted and the Broncos became a favorite. So that shows you how much Teddy Bridgewater is valued by uh, odds makers. Uh, I think the Broncos win this game. I, I think defensively, they'll be uh, Von Miller and, and Shelby Harris will lead the way for the Broncos, and then Teddy Bridgewater playing will do enough to, to get them into the end zone. And I just don't think Ben Roethlisberger has anything left. And if they go with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, 
that clearly gives the Broncos the advantage defensively, I think. So I, I do think they win the game. I do think it's going to be around a field goal, maybe a touchdown. I don't think it'll be anything more than that. So the three to seven range is what I'm looking for for the Broncos tomorrow. Very good. Can you yeah, I, I think it's a low-scoring game. I, again, I, um, I kind of agree with Ian. I don't think – Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to lose you any football games. He's also not going to win you any football games. He's not a playmaker. He's just steady Teddy, and I think that's good enough to win a game like this. Well, we'll see how he feels about the concussion. I think he's terribly underrated. been saying it for years on this show. We'll see. I do have the Broncos as one of my picks this week, and uh, uh, certainly we'll see how that goes. Ian St. Clair will read your coverage in Mile High Report and PlayColorado.com. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, Take coming care. up next, Mark Knudsen and I on the winnersandwiners.com hotline Ram Roundup. Kelly Lyle will be stepping in. How close was Colorado State to a disastrous move to move away from their natural rivalries and join the American Athletic Conference? We'll look at that and the Rams' homecoming chance for an upset victory. Well, actually, I think the Rams are my favorite in this one, actually. But against the defending conference champion San Jose State uh, uh, team, which surprised everybody last year. We'll talk about that right after this. 